God good? In God good all the time. We're glad to see everyone in church this morning. All of our visitors want you to know that you're welcome. And we serve a miracle working God. And so we want to keep praying for Brother Cage. God performed a miracle on him last night and and, and he uh, he knows it. But let's keep praying for him. Ask God to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Ask God to have his way in this service here today. We want to uh, say that Al and Alex family, we're glad y'all in church with us this morning. Hallelujah. We come to have Holy Ghost service. Hallelujah. We want to pray. Remember Sister Mary, Brother Jim McKinney, Wayne Phillips, 
Brother Corcoran, remember the Strevels. We want to pray for Brother Guy Looper, Tim Hicks, all that are sick and not able to be here. Let's ask God to keep His hand protection up on us. But we've come this morning to worship God, and let's invite Him in this service today. Have His way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you see every need and every position is brought before you. God, you more than able. You more than able. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Have your way here today. God, thank you for touching for the gates. Keep your hand up on him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Lord, my trust is in you. My hope is in salvation. My everything is all in you. All in you. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we Hallelujah. You may be seated if you like. And the brothers, they would break the offering pans and set them on the altar. We're going to have a good church. Glory. Let's all stand. Brother Looper's going to come at this time. Hallelujah. While he's coming, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's all praise Him together. God, we love you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. How many is glad to be in church today? Amen, 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 amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. God's house is still a good place to be. I'm glad I know the Lord today. I'm glad I've been buried in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. All of my sins are washed away. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. It's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we want you to just join in and worship and praise God together with us. We welcome all of our guests. It's very good to have Brother Azar here with us. And I think this is his first time to ever be with us. His daddy has been here a few times. 
and uh, some of you met him at youth camp, and uh, he is our junior camp speaker, and uh, we're glad that he is here with us today, and he'll be preaching tonight, and then again Wednesday night, and uh, we're so thankful that he was able to be with us. We want to pray for his family. They're a little all separated today due to the virus and things that are going on in the world, and uh, missionaries to Lebanon. And uh, we ask the Lord's blessings and hand of protection over them and uh, their church and work there. We're so glad to have the family that is here with Brother Rex and Brother Ryan here today. Glad that they're in the house of the Lord. Uh, the young lady here with uh, the Quillins, glad that she's here with us today. And uh, glad to have these young men from Arkansas. Brother Laster left us, but he sent some to replace them. So we're glad that they're here today. And uh, in the house of the Lord with us, good to see Whitney and Tank here today, and uh, glad that they're here with us, and um, it's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord, and uh, with all the things that are going on today, it's sad um, that we were just about up to about 90%. And then the devil throws us another curveball and drops it off again. But we ask God's mercy and his hand of protection about all the church family. Uh, we are living in dangerous times for more reason than just one. And uh, we ask God's mercy and his hand of protection. We want to pray for all of those who have we have requested prayer for today and ask God to move for them and... Uh, Ask the Lord to touch, especially Brother Strebel and Brother Corcoran needs a touch from the Lord today. And we know a God that is a miracle worker. And along with Brother Cooper, we are uh, forever grateful and thankful for God's mercy and uh, God's protecting hand over Gage last night. Had a terrible accident, and uh, when I got the call uh, that they were life-lighting him, they did not leave much hope at all and um, by the time we were able to get to the hospital and finally convince them to allow me to go in to visit with him he was talking and um, I don't know how God does what God does and uh, but God can do some amazing things and And even and even in our ignorance, God still protects us, and God still has mercy on us. Out of His loving kindness and His mercy, God is His mercy goes so far beyond what we could even imagine or think. And uh, so we are grateful for that. When I got in to see Him last night, He was covered in blood from head to toe and um, they come in and he didn't have any broken bones a couple of fractures in his spine that they said would correct their self nothing to be alarmed about and um, they started cleaning the blood off of his face and I'm telling you he was covered and uh, couldn't even find any big gashes where it even come out And uh, I tell you what, God is good and God hears and answers prayer. 
We pray that that he will get his life together and get on track living for God. And uh, we are grateful for that. I'm glad some people's coming in over here to my right. I was kind of worried that the church was going to kind of tip to the left, to my left, and I wanted to go to my right for sure. But I guess if we turn it around the other way, y'all are leaning in the right direction. But anyway, y'all can catch on to that a little later. But uh, I am I am thankful for all that God has done. And so we are changing the order of services. We started Wednesday night changing back, streamlining the services and, and uh, trying to uh, protect everyone as much as we can. So we're going to do this a couple of weeks. There will be more information Wednesday. As far as I know right now, there will be church here Wednesday night. And um, we will give more information on next weekend, just kind of playing it by ear and feeling out our way through all of this crazy stuff that's going on in the world today. And uh, so there was something else that I was going to say, and it slipped my mind, but maybe it'll come to me after a while. But we want to welcome everyone that's joined us on the broadcast today that's listening by Internet Thank you. I ask all of you, especially our church members, if you would turn this into a time of church and worship and praising God. It's not a time to cook dinner. We can do that when we get through. And uh, But get your Bible out, uh, get your family together, and uh, let's have church together. You may not can be here, but uh, help us in the Holy Ghost today. And uh, we believe that God's going to do something good in the house. I come with expectations today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Judges chapter number 14. Judges chapter number 14. As far as I know, everyone is well today and we're thankful for that. And uh, we ask you if you are sickly, if um, you have been sick, running a fever, Anything that, I guess, anything that you would have would be a symptom of COVID-19. So, if you're aching in your pinky finger, I guess. So, try to be safe and, and uh, don't, don't come to church. Give it some time. And uh, everybody's looking for an excuse right now. Oh, I believe my knee is hurting. But anyway, Judges chapter 14, verse number 12. The Bible says this is the story of Samson on his, uh, he had been to Timnath and, uh, there was a line that came in his way and, uh, maybe we'll explain that a little bit more. Uh, I want to take something out of here. I feel like the Lord laid on my heart to share with you today. Judges chapter 14, verse number 12. And Samson said unto them, I will put forth a riddle unto you. If ye can certainly declare it within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty changes of garments. But if you cannot declare it me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty changes of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle. 
that we may hear it. Now, the riddle is what I want to pay close attention to. And he sent unto them, out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Let's read number 14 again. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Why don't you put your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands and our voices toward God and ask God for His help today. God, we love You today. We thank You, Savior, for Your goodness, Your mercy, Your blessings. Thank You, God, for allowing us to come to Your house to worship, to praise, to magnify, and to lift up Your name. I ask You, God, that You would anoint me to preach Your Word today. Anoint Your people to hear, to receive, to respond to be a doer of the Word today, and we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor forever. And everybody said in Jesus' name, let's clap our hands unto the Lord, everybody. Why don't you lift up your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated for the next two hours. You just thought you were going to get out of church early. I started early where I'd have plenty of time to get through. Amen. But I want to try my best to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. Brother Joe back there was hesitant sitting down. He, <laughs> he didn't want to sit down for two hours. But um, I, I, uh, I want to... Take a thought today. I know that you have all heard this before, and um, it's a very familiar saying. How many has ever heard, it was the best of times, and it was the worst of times? This is a tale of two cities written in 18, I guess written in 1859. A historical novel that Charles Dickens wrote. The plot is centered around the leading up to the French Revolution. And uh, so it is talking about two men who look very similar, but are very have very different traits. The saying is, it starts off, the book starts off by saying this, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, and it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief, and it was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. And we had nothing before us. We were all going and going direct to heaven, and we were all going to some other place. The tale of two cities. And uh, so 
I want to preach to you from that thought today a tale of a Christian's life. A tale of a Christian's life. God specializes in turning things around. God is amazing and incredible in the things that God has the ability to do. Because there is no limits on what God can do, and there is no limits on what God will do. Now, we all believe today that God can do anything. But I guess there's one thing that God can't do. He cannot lie. But there is a problem when it comes to believing, not that God can do anything, but God will do anything that we need Him to do. It's easy to have faith for someone else, but it's very difficult at times to have faith for ourselves. Amen. So when we, when we read this, this very famous quote, the starting of a very famous novel, it's the best of times, the worst of times. It's the good, it's the bad. It was the age of wisdom, and it is the age of folly. It is an age where someone is trying to find something to believe in, and no one can find anything to believe in. It is the age of being unable and unwilling, not just unable, but this word simply means unwilling to believe in something. It was, it was the spring of hope. And then it was the winter of despair. It was a time where they had everything before them and had nothing before them. It was like a mirage. It, it promised something. You ever been driving down the road and seeing the heat and the glimmer off of the side or of a field, even it will reflect off of grass at times and off of the highway, looks like a pool of water. Well known in the desert that they see a mirage and those who are thirsty run toward that mirage with great expectations, but it's always just before them. When they get to where they think that it's at, it's no longer there. It's just something that they thought. They had everything to look to, but then there was nothing there. It, when I read this, that it says that we were all going direct to heaven. We were all going to some other place. Now there's only two places to wind up in eternity. And unfortunately, that some other place is not a good place, but it's a place called hell. That is still real, and it's not a figment of some imagination that some man had, but it is real. The Bible tells us that hell has enlarged herself without measure. Not heaven, but hell. It sounds so much to me like the world and the time 
that we are living in. It seems like that time just made a big circle and come right back around to where it was a while ago. And see, this is a danger about people wanting to destroy history. All of our history is not good. All of our history is not things to to crow about or things to be proud of. But if you remember history and you study history, you are sure not to repeat history. So we need history. History is not stupid. History is not something that we should discard. History is something that we should learn from to make tomorrow better. History in our life, failures in our life is not something that we like to dwell on or we like to talk about or we like to think about. But God gives us a memory for a purpose. Well, we will remember history where we will change tomorrow. Well, we will remember what we were yesterday. See, this is a problem a lot in people's life of living for God. They forget the pit that God dug them out of. Amen. When we got to enjoy in the blessings and the grace and the mercy of God, sometimes we forget that God picked us up out of a miry clit, a pit of sin and put us on a rock of firm foundation to stand. Amen. Let us not forget yesterday. Don't get stuck in yesterday, but don't forget yesterday because if you forget yesterday, you're going to make a big circle. I've told this story before and it's happened to lots of you probably, but it's happened a lot in people that are lost in the woods. There is something about the nature of man that when you are lost, and you have no direction, and you don't know what direction to go. You can walk and walk and walk and walk. And what will happen is you are automatically, not knowingly, not on purpose, make a big circle and come back to the same place where you started out at. Because you forgot. Amen. Let us remember history. Let us study history. The good part, the bad part, where we will grow on the good part, we will grow on the bad part, and we'll stay away from the bad mistakes, and we'll move toward the goodness and the grace and the mercy of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there has never been a time, I don't believe in the history of mankind, where we have had more knowledge than what we have right now. The knowledge of man has increased unbelievably. Uh, a few years ago, it was a big thing because they were able to send a man to the moon. Computers the size of rooms. And now they say that you hold in your hand with a smartphone more technology more power in the palm of your hand than what it took to send that spaceship to the moon and back. And now we are so intelligent 
and so increased with knowledge, we can not only send them there and back, but we can put a space station in space and they can live there for months at a time because the knowledge of man. The knowledge of man has increased at once. They were trying to figure out how to build an automobile. But now they know how to build automobiles that will, that will steer and control their self. If you have a new car, uh, probably just about, I think it's a, it's a mandatory safety feature now. But if you have a new car, probably more than not, that when you pull up to something and you are moving at a rate of speed, say 30 miles an hour, and you fail to apply your brakes, lights will flash on your dash, lights will flash on your windshield, and your car will automatically apply the brakes without you ever attempting to apply the brakes. The technology, the knowledge of mankind has increased. But then... The increasing of knowledge, the foolishness of man, the foolishness of man is on an rampant rage across not just our nation, but across the entire world. The foolishness of man to stand up and say, we need to take the Bible out of the school system. The foolishness of man that would take the American flag that men have fought for, that bled for, that died for, that gives us the freedom, and throw it on the ground, spit on it, stomp on it, and burn it. The foolishness of man is rampant in the world today. I do not agree with some of the things that have happened. I do not agree with police brutality in any form. I think it is sad. It is sickening what I have seen happen. But I want to tell you to dismantle the police force in our nation. Have you lost your mind? Have you fell off of your rocker? The foolishness of man. Can you imagine a world without law? Or without anybody to enforce the law craziness that would be going on in our society. These clueless, foolish people that board off part of a city and say we're not going to allow any rule, any authority. Now I'm not going to preach on this, but this has good ties to what I'm going to. So y'all just hold on. I may be making some of you nervous. I'm probably really making the internet nervous right now. But, but I, I want to tell you today, this foolishness to board off a part of a predominant city in America and say no cops allowed. But then you get angry when somebody shoots somebody and the cops don't show up. Foolishness. They're not thinking. They're not thinking rationally. Why? Because they have chosen to erase history. America needs to go back and look at the Roman Empire. Amen. Amen. Corruption in government. 
Corruption in government. Corruption in lifestyle. Sports were their God. Yesterday I was in Beaumont to go in the restaurant. You had to have a mask on your face. I've seen pictures in the paper this morning of them having a little league ball tournament in, in, in Beaumont where there's hundreds of people gathered together. No mask. Nobody's worrying about it. Why? Because sports is God to this world. That's the same thing that happened to the Roman Empire. And God does not tolerate sexual perversion. You look at countries, you look at, you look at kingdoms that has been destroyed for thousands of years. God would tolerate a lot of things. But when we start tolerating sexual perversion in our society, God will not allow it to continue. Homosexuality is still a sin. It's not a lifestyle. It is a blatant sin. And despicable in the sight of God. I guess I might be saying this because this is Pride Month. I'm pride. I am proud. I am proud. I am straight. Amen. God does not hate the sinner. Before you declare this as hate speech. I do not hate the sinner. I do not hate the person that is found in this lifestyle with the spirit, a demonic spirit from hell that is attached to them. Amen. I love their soul. That's the reason why I'll stand behind this pulpit and still tell you that it's a sin. But God can deliver you. Amen. It's amazing to me in this fearful and dreadful time that we are living in. That I, I, I have, of course you know I like to ride bikes and so I, if I can't ride a bike and it's raining, I go hang out at the bike store lots of times and we just, it's kind of like the coffee shop. And, uh, so, so the, the, the bike place that I, that I frequent they can't keep bikes on the shelf. I was over preaching for Brother Burgess and, and I talked him into buying a bike. And we went to three places in Jackson. They can't keep bikes on the shelf. People are buying and they ain't all cheap either. And they're buying them. You go to Walmart, bikes are gone. I don't know if they're thinking people's going to take away their cars or what. But, but there has been, and then I said, you know, that ain't too bad. That kind of gives you some exercise. It's not, a real expensive hobby and, well, to some, but it's not real bad and, and you can kind of deal with that. I went to the boat shop. There's a guy that I bought some boats from and I was talking to him. He was calling, man, they, they love me so much. They just called to check on me. It's so nice of them. And they called to check on me and see how we were doing. I said, well, man, how are y'all doing? He said, it's incredible. We're selling boats like, like there is no tomorrow. I went to a, to a, a, a bass boat dealership. I was getting my boat worked on and, and I went in there and they said, we cannot keep boats. Said, soon as we get one, they're gone and people's trying. And I said, man, in this time of uncertainty, it was the best of times 
And then on the other hand, it was the worst of times. I was listening and, or I was reading an article that was talking about people buying RVs. Now anybody that has one or bought one knows those things are not cheap. That is a, a big price item. Amen. They said they're selling them like crazy because it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. It's the time of light and it's the time of darkness. It's the time of good and it is the time of bad. Amen. Sounds like our world that we are living in. Sounds like Charles Dickens was looking a little into the future to our day and our time. He writes a story about two men that look similar, but are very different in traits. There's two forces. The forces of good and the forces of evil. They are similar, but they have very different traits. There is the devil. There is God. Now remember... Lucifer was once in heaven, but he was kicked out of heaven. So he had some heavenly traits and some heavenly, heavenly looks similar to the things that are in heaven. But then, when he was kicked out of heaven, his traits are totally different than what God's traits are. Amen. Similar, but totally different in what is the problem is. Today, the Bible says that the devil can transform himself into an angel of light. The Bible also says that they are wolves that have wrapped themselves in sheep clothing. Then everybody was going to heaven. And then everybody was going to some other place. How many's ever been to a funeral lately? The only thing you've got to do to get to heaven is die. I don't know if I've ever been to a funeral where anybody was lost. Everybody's going to heaven, but then everybody's going to some other place. You better make your calling and election sure. How do I do that? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, in verse number 38, first let's go to first, or to John chapter 3. Amen. Start reading at John chapter 3. Nicodemus says, what shall, what must I do or what can I do or what, what's, what is it going to take to have what you have? And he said, I, I, uh, be, you have to be born of the water and of the spirit. Or no man is going to enter the kingdom of God. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? And the apostle Peter took up the New Testament plan, the keys to the New Testament plan of salvation and said, repent. Number one, you've got to repent. Number two, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Number three, you've got to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Let me hurry along. God is a specialist at turning things around. 
Isaiah chapter six, uh, 61 and verse number 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, that planting of the Lord, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. God is a master at turning bad things into good things. He was a master. He even turned water into wine. He turned the stormy waters of the sea into a peaceful cruise in the evening. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. His brothers come back to Egypt to buy grain and food in the time of drought. When they found out that they were speaking to Joseph, which was a ruler in Egypt, second to the Pharaoh, that when they found this out, they were fear in fear of their life. And in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, what we need to understand and realize is what Joseph had an understanding of knowing. But as for you, speaking of his brothers, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto the good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. I want to tell you, no matter the chaos of this world, God is still sitting on the throne. And God is still in control. And God still has a purpose. And God still has a plan. Amen. Samson, there's lots of things about Samson's life that I do not understand. Samson, to me, was an underachiever. He never fulfilled what God had called him to do and what God created him to do. It seemed like that everything that Samson was doing or did the major events in his life was for his own self-gain. When he had gotten himself into trouble, he would come out and God would make work a miracle. I think a lot of that is just the mercy and the grace of God giving him another opportunity to fulfill his purpose. But our text reading today is a story about Samson falling in love with a woman of the Philistines down at Timnath. Judges chapter 14 and verse number 4. There's a lot of things when you read chapter 14 that really sticks out that don't make a lot of sense. That it's kind of hard to figure out. But his father and his mother knew not that it was the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at the time, the Philistines had 
dominion over Israel. Now, Samson, the chosen of God, the anointed of God, that had a Nazarite vow from his very birth for all of his life, is going to take a wife of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnath. And his father and his mother is upset about it. But God said, this is all part of my big plan. I've got everything under control. For the life of me, I can't understand that. I can't figure that out. My brain don't compute that to have the answer to exactly what God was talking about. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Other than this, that his parents were so upset and so distraught by the decision that Samson had made until they were so beside themselves that God said, what you think is going to destroy Samson, I've already made a way of escape. Kind of reminds me of a scripture in the New Testament that tells us that there is no temptation taking you but that which is common to man. But God, with every temptation, has already made a way of escape. God is thinking in advance. God is planning in advance. God is working in advance in all of our lives today. So, here they are, making their way to Timnah. For Samson to do something that is taught from a child that is wrong. And God is saying, I've got it under control. Then went Samson down, verse number 5, and his father and his mother to Timnath. And came to the vineyard of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Now, if you know anything about lions or read anything about lions, the roar is not really what hurts you. The roar is what intimidates you. They say that a lion will use his roar to scare his prey into freezing. Just freeze up. Because they're so scared. You ever seen a deer caught in the headlights when you're going down the highway? They have the ability, they have the speed, they have the strength to get out of the way. But they'll freeze up. You ever seen a squirrel run out in the middle of the road and he just goes back and forth out of fear because the vehicle has surprised him and scared him? You ever seen a turtle crossing the road that they'll get about across the road and here comes a car and they curl up in the shell and they'll stay there for about 15 minutes. About the time they get out, here comes another car. The same thing over and over because of fear. 
This lion comes out and he roars against Samson to scare him into freezing in his steps. Amen. Or the other reason that the, the lion roared was he had great intentions of not just making him freeze up. But when he froze up, he was going to devour him and kill him and rip him to pieces. Amen. But Samson had another idea and another plan. Instead of freezing, the Bible said that he grabbed the lion with his bare hands and he slew the lion. When some would freeze, when some would be scared, he killed him with his bare hands. The eater, the killer, the strong, the vicious. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the woods, I don't want to meet a bear and I don't want to meet a lion. I don't want to meet a rattlesnake. I don't want to meet a copperhead, a water moccasin. I want to meet little innocent deer that can't defend themselves. But this lion roared against him to make him afraid, number one. And then his next intention was to kill him. But out of his strength, out of his anointing, out of his power, Samson came against the lion and killed the lion with his bare hands. And after that, he leaves and we go into another scene. We go into a scene of festivities, a time of marriage, a time of celebration. Now the Bible says that his mother and father went down with him, but evidently they were not exactly with him when he killed the lion because he told not his mother and father. He did not tell anybody his little secret. He did not explain to anybody what had happened. But he goes on with his festivities. He had killed a lion with his bare hands. This puts him in great company with the future of Benai, I think it was, that slew a lion on a snowy day. With another man that's a little more popular than that that come after him, King David, that slew a lion. Three people the Bible talk about that slew a lion. That's pretty rare company. Three people in a book this of this magnitude that was collected over thousands of years. So here he is. What he has done has just put him not knowing. He didn't know this, but it had mentioned him with great men of God and mighty warriors. But he did not tell anybody. So they are having a feast. And that's where our text comes in. That he put forth the riddle to the men that were there celebrating. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat. And out of the strong came forth sweetness. What had happened was, on his return trip, as he returned to take her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. 
He wanted to go back and reminisce the story of the epic battle that he had with the lion and won. Just reminiscing his victory over the beast. And behold, there was a swarm of bees. Now anybody that's been around bees knows that them little boogers can hurt you too. But in that carcass, there was honey in the carcass of the lion. He was quite a man. He went into the carcass of the lion with his hands again. And he went on eating. And he came to his father and his mother. And he gave them and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now there's a big reason why he did not tell them. And I don't want to get into all of that. That's some of that complicated stuff about his life. Out of the carcass of the eater. Or you could say out of the carcass of the killer. Came forth something sweet to eat. It reminds me of my God. It's the best of times and it's the worst of times. It reminds me of a life of a Christian. It's kind of up and it's kind of down. It's kind of soaring for a while when everything looks well and good. And then all of a sudden it looks like the skies around us turn dark and gloom and dim sets in around us. The life of a Christian has never been promised to be a mountaintop experience always. But it's promised us that He would go with us all the way, even unto the end of the world. This day and hour that we live in, that it is troubled time. It looks like there is trouble on every hand. About the time it looks like we have the hand, our hand on the throat of the virus. There's another outbreak. And then it looks like about the time we have things settled down. There's riots in the street. It looks like by the time we got everything settled down again, this one is murdering that one. And that one's against this one. That there is unrest, civil unrest, no unity that the United States should be. No joining together, no common cause. But rebels and rebel rousers everywhere. It looks like a troubled time. And we wonder, oh God, what is going to happen? And what is going to take place? And what can we do? I want to tell you that God is a master at turning situations around. Amen. Not only in this world that we live in, but in your personal world and in your personal life. It might seem like your world is turned upside down. That chaos is everywhere. But let me remind you, out of the killer out of the eater came forth something sweet. What the devil meant to destroy you with. What the devil meant to kill you with. God is able to turn it around. Amen. 
the, the roar of the world is the church should stay silent. The church should freeze in place. The church should go into hiding. The church has seen its better days. Amen. But I want to tell you what the devil don't know. Amen. What the devil cannot figure out is just like the Philistines could not figure it out in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation. God God is able to bring forth something sweet. Amen. Amen. Do not allow the things that are going on in this world. Does it trouble me? Oh, yes. It troubles me. Does it make me upset? Oh, yes, at times. It makes me upset. Does it make me afraid? Oh, yes, I must admit. At times I'm worried about the uncertainty of tomorrow. But when I go to the house of God, when I feel the presence of God, I know that in the midst of trouble... In the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, God still is a miracle worker. God is still on the throne and in control of the affairs of man. Amen. Amen. Jesus is speaking of the end of the world. When they were asking Him, Lord, give us a sign. Show us a sign of the coming of the Lord. Give us, give us a little insight on what the end time is going to be. You're talking about the second coming all the time. You're talking about when you return to earth. Give us some insight on when that time will be. And He goes into telling them about wars and rumors of wars. He tells them about pestilence. Just in case you don't know what that biblical word is. That's the virus, just in case you don't know. That's diseases that has afflicted us. Earthquakes and famines. Amen. Brother Azar was telling me yesterday that people are starving to death because they cannot get food in Lebanon. There is famine. There is famine. Anybody bought a pound of hamburger meat lately? Anybody bought a pound of chicken lately? Amen. There's a famine. There's scare. There's fear. There's people that's afraid. But I come to tell you that the Bible said, and when these things begin to come, don't hold your head down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our natural instinct as people, amen, is to put our head down and to take shelter. Our natural instinct as people is when you hear a storm, what do they say? Hunker down, buckle down, tie down the hatches. That's our natural instinct. But I want to tell you the natural instinct in the life of a Christian is when bad times happen and bad times arise. Amen. There's no time better than now. Now's the time to shine forth and to sing the praises of God. Hallelujah. So what does the Bible say? 
Amen. In this time, in this time where the second coming of the Lord, in this time where pestilence is happening, in this time where famine is taking place, in this time, just I think last week, they had an earthquake in California, in this time where storms are coming, in this time where there is civil unrest, amen, the, the devil would say, okay, I've got the church scared, okay, I've got the Christian back into the corner, okay, i got them shut out, i got them hunkered down, i got them tied down, but the Bible said then, look up, amen, look up, lift up your heads, lift up your heads, saint of God, lift up your head, church, revival's still happening, the glory of God is still real, it's still powerful. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Then, 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 look up. Then, look up. Lift up your head. I come to preach to somebody today. Get your chin up. Get your eyes up. Raise the look of your elevation. Get your eyes on the kingdom. The best of times and the worst of times. A time of wisdom and a time of foolishness. Amen. So the devil tells us, Oh, the good days are behind you. I want to tell you today, church, when you quit dreaming as an American, you die. When you quit dreaming as a Christian and you quit reaching as a Christian, you die. Amen. So when is the time to stop? I want to tell you when the time to stop is. It's never. They shut them up. They locked them up. They fed them to lions in biblical times. They put them in the coliseums and made fight and sport of them running from the lions. Amen. They put them and hit them in the catacombs. But still, they could not stop revival. They could not stop the glory. They could not stop the power. They could not stop the spread of the gospel. History tells us that when they locked the great Apostle Paul up in prison and he was held a prisoner in Rome, that they would have to change the guards ever so often. Every few minutes, they would take that guard out and put another Roman soldier in its place. Why? I tell you why. It's because Apostle Paul, in the midst of his bonds, in the midst of his chains, in the midst of the dungeon, he was converting them faster than what they could rush them in. Amen. He was telling them about Jesus Christ. Come on, church. Come on, church. The best days are not behind us. Come on, saint of God. It's not over. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to stop. Amen. God is still in control. A tale of a Christian's life. Amen. This is what's so amazing. And when he told them, now be careful, 
Don't get scared. I'm almost done, I promise. I'm just extremely warmed up right now. Amen. That don't mean I'm going to preach another 45 minutes. But but I, they, they tell me, they, they, they said that, that when he told them this riddle, three days passed and they could not figure it out. And they could not in three days expose the riddle. Amen. What people in the world can't figure out, they want to keep the liquor stores open. They're depressed because the local tavern had to shut down. Amen. They want to tell us that church is not important, but they want to go to the bar. They want to go to the beach. They want to drink their booze and wonder how in the world do you make it through this troubled time. They can't figure it out. And they can't understand the riddle. But the riddle is there's something not on the outside, but there's something down deep on the inside. It's not what you see, but it's what you don't see. On the outside. Somebody worship the Lord right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the outside. On the outside, Samson was not a beefed up and bustle bound bodybuilder. Amen. Samson didn't look like Charles Atlas or Hercules. Samson looked like an ordinary man and no man could figure it out. Surely he didn't kill a lion. Surely he didn't slay a lion. Surely God didn't put honey in the carcass of an unclean, foul beast. Amen. They could not figure it out, but it was not what was on the outside, but it was something. It was the anointing. It was a power. It was a glory. I want to tell you today, church, you've got something that the world didn't give. You've got something that the world can understand. Look up. How do you look up when everything around you is headed down? Because it's not me. In me is no good thing. Amen. In me is no holy thing. But there is a Spirit, amen, of God that dwells on the inside of a Christian. As a child of God... I think about the children of Israel that were carried captive into Babylon. Carried captive. They were making fun of them. They were making light of them. And they were saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They wept as they sat by the rivers of the water. They hung their hearts upon the willow. That's one of the saddest things. You can't stop. You can't stop, church. 
You can't stop, saying of God. You can't stop reaching. You can't stop... What they could not see. What they could not understand. Yeah, you're going into captivity. But there's coming a day. You're going this way, but there's coming a day where God's going to turn you around. And you're going to be walking back up to Jerusalem with the trial in your hand. With the sword in your hand. Amen. With with the shovel in your hand. And you're going to rebuild... It's time to rebuild what the devil has destroyed. Amen. It's time to wake up and realize the devil's not going to get me. The devil's not going to destroy me. The devil's not going to stop me. The devil's not going to hold me. Amen. So as a child of God, you've got to keep the faith. So as a child of God, you've got to keep the faith. So as a child of God, you've got to keep the faith. Amen. As a child of God, you've got to keep your head up. God didn't make your bottom lip to scoop out your tracks in the sand. God made you to keep your head up and walk through a sinful, sin-sick world and proclaim the glory and the power and the majesty of God. As a child of God, be a witness. Be a witness. Amen. Some of them yesterday, without my permission, without me prompting them, without me telling them, they got together. they still going and checking on the bus kids. They're still going out and giving them gifts. They're still going out and talking to them. But they went out and went on outreach trying to get somebody to the house of God. We have visitors here today because somebody's got a desire to realize, hey, in this troubled time, what people need is God. And if you don't know Him today, let me tell you what keeps a smile on my face. Amen. It's not what I'm drinking out of a bottle. But it's what I drink at the house of God. You've got to keep believing in revival. Oh, nobody wants to live for God. Don't give me that garbage. You wanted to, didn't you? You were hungry. There's still hungry souls. You've got to believe in revival. You've got to believe in revival. You've got to breathe it. You've got to feel it. You've got to pray it. You've got to expect it. Oh, and as a child of God, you just got to keep on singing your song. You don't have to have a mic to sing. Trust me, the devil can hear you when you start singing your song. Nobody can sing your song like you can sing your song. How many, how many has a favorite song you sing at church? 
You may not sing it out loud, but you, boy, that's my favorite. That's, that's my song. Woo, woo. I just feel it right there. I feel it when I start, when they start singing out. Oh, man, that's my song. I know some of you have a favorite song because I'll watch you. Woo, you surely start feeling it. And you start crying and you start lifting your hands. Amen. But nobody can sing it. Nobody can sing it like you can sing it. Amen. You gotta sing in the rain. You gotta sing in the storm. You gotta sing in the valley. You gotta sing while you're climbing the mountain. You just got to sing. Don't let the devil steal your song. Oh, he roars. He roars. He growls. He slaps his paws at the air. But don't let the devil steal your song. And don't let the devil steal your dance. Mm. Don't let the devil steal your dance. There is something about dancing. There is something about shouting. There is something about... Just stomping the devil real good every once in a while. You need to come to church and you need to get your foot on the throat of the devil and say, devil, I tell you right now, you just think you're going to steal my song and you just think you're going to steal my shout. But watch me shout. Watch me praise. Watch me glorify God. Watch me dance. Watch me leap for joy. Watch me run the aisles. Watch me give God praise. The devil intended to kill you. What he has used to try to kill you with. What he's used to try to stop your faith. What he's used to try to stop your singing. Come on, Dylan. You can't worship God with your hands in your pockets, son. What he's, what he's done to try to stop your joy. What he's done to try to turn you around. What he's done to try to back you in the corner. Hey man, I've told this story a bunch of times, but boy, it fits good right here. Hey man, old brother Gary Pullman was quite a, quite a guy back in the day. And he was a, quite a rounder and he was in a place that he shouldn't be at a time he shouldn't have been. And a couple of guys hemmed him up in the corner. And they got him up in the corner and they told him pretty much, in certain terms about what they were going to do to him and with him when they got through doing to him what they said they was going to do to him. And he said, man, said I was scared. I was backed up in the, in the corner and I couldn't go forward and I couldn't go backwards and I couldn't run around him. He said, and all of a sudden, said I started shaking and I started crying. And they said, oh, look at him. He's scared. He's shaking. Look at him cry like a baby. You want your mama? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm crying. I'm crying because I'm scared to death about what I'm about to do to you guys. Amen. Some of you need to get your mind made up. The devil's not going to kill me. The devil's a loud mouth beast. And I'm coming after you, devil. I'm going to shout my joy back. I'm going to shout my glory back.
is sent to stop the church. Amen. Y'all are supposed to be social distancing. I just thought about that. What he has sent to stop the church. Amen. He has sent the virus. Amen. To try to stop the church. Try to stop people. To try to stop our lives. I think it, I think it's all right in the big plan of God. Amen. The devil is sending things to try to hinder us. He attacks your mind. How many does the devil ever attack your mind? Yeah? See there? He plays mind games with you. But a tale in the life of a Christian is the world can understand. They can't understand what we're doing here. Why don't you just shut the church down? Why don't you just calm down? They can't understand. There's just something. There's just something. It's not, it's not what's on the outside. It's not, it's not that we, that we're different. It's not, it's not just about that. But there's something that's compelling. If I could just get to the house of God. Amen. The writer said in the book of Psalms, said my feet well nigh slipped when I seen the trouble and the prosperity of the wicked until, 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 until I went to the house of God. When I got to church, I got a new revelation of what it's all about. I know, I know right now we could probably all shout and we could all run and we could all jump, but I just felt like before, before we leave today, I felt like we ought to sing this song together. And it talks about when you're going through the storm, people want to know how I made it. I just held on. I just held on. And I held on long enough. I held on long enough that out of the eater came forth sweetness. Out of what was sent to destroy me came forth something good. Out of what the devil sent to kill me, God just turned it around. God just turned it around. God just turned it around. Brother Mike, what the devil put in your life to destroy you, God's just turning around. That's the reason why you're here today. If it wouldn't have been for a problem, woo, God just turns it around. God just turns it around. And God just makes something good out of what the devil meant for bad. Oh, I gotta quit. I could preach all day. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Hallelujah. I want you to sing it like it's your song today. I just held on. I just held on. I'm not a hero. I certainly don't have all the answers. But I just keep on holding on. I just keep on holding on. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I just keep on holding on. I just keep on holding on. I just keep on holding on. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost right now, God. Holy Ghost touch right now, God. Holy Ghost work right now, God, in Jesus' name. You see the need today. You see the need today. You see the need today. Holy Ghost, God's got the answer. God can fix the problem. God can turn it around. God can change the situation. Hallelujah, just hold on. Just hold on. Just keep on holding on. Strong, I just held on, and now 
Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Thank God for His presence today. Thank You, Lord. We worship You today. Magnify You today. We lift up Your name, Jesus. Thank You for Your presence in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give Him praise right now. Give Him glory right now. Give Him glory right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's remember service tonight. Let's come praying, expecting and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost. Remember, I know all of you got a little close now, but um, don't be shaking hands or hugging necks. Just greet one another. Do the old, I guess, bow and salute one another, but... Try to be as safe as possible. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed. So glad to have all of our guests that are here. Glad that you're in the house of the Lord with us. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand?